Hey friends, I'm Jeremy Hearn and welcome to the 100th episode of the Saint Friends podcast, a podcast for Catholics, non-Catholics, and really anyone interested in learning about the lives of some ordinary people who lived extraordinary lives and answered God's call to holiness. Today's episode is going to be a little bit longer, but it almost has to be. Our saint friend today is considered to be one of the most important doctors of the church, and when he wasn't fighting against heretics or being exiled from his seat as a bishop five separate times, he was helping put together official documents on what Catholics believe and what books are found in the New Testament. So let's jump right into this crazy episode about our 100th saint friend, Saint Athanasius, Bishop and Doctor of the Church. <sighs> Athanasius was born either in the year 296 or 298 in Alexandria, Egypt, or possibly the nearby town of Damanur, but Alexandria is the more popular option. His parents were a fairly wealthy Christian family, but were not Egyptian ethnically. They sent Athanasius to some of the best schools, where he learned Christian doctrine, Greek literature, philosophy, public speaking, and writing, as well as law. He also studied the Hebrew scriptures and the Gospels, as well as the Christian text that would eventually become what we know today as the New Testament. When Athanasius was just a young boy, he was playing with some other boys, and they were pretending to baptize each other according to the ancient rites of the church. The Bishop of Alexandria, the future Saint Alexander, yes, he is Alexander of Alexandria, Anyway, Bishop Alexander saw the boys playing and went to speak with them and asked them some questions about what they were doing. He determined that the baptisms they were pretending to do were all valid and decided to take them under his care and train them to become priests of the church. As Athanasius grew up surrounded by the faith of the church and the guidance of the bishop, he became friends with a number of monks and hermits who lived in the Egyptian desert, including our old friend St. Anthony the Great. In the year 318, Athanasius was ordained as a deacon and became Bishop Alexander's secretary and wrote his first major theological work on the Incarnation of Christ, which is still a must-have on any respectable theologian's bookshelf. Around the year 323, Arius, oh yeah, this is an Arian heresy story again, Arius, a priest in Alexandria, denied the divinity of Christ and began spreading his false doctrine that Jesus was not truly divine, but created as a means to an end by God the Father. Bishop Alexander made Arius write out his false doctrine as an official document and then officially condemned him as a heretic. Arius and eleven other priests who followed him were removed from their positions and they left for Caesarea, but continued to spread their false doctrine ultimately gaining the support of the bishop of Nicomedia, Eusebius, and other priests. Athanasius, remember, was the bishop's secretary and was unafraid to write, not fight. He likely even was the one that wrote the letter condemning Arius. Our saint friend stood alongside Bishop Alexander at the Council of Nicaea, where the Nicene Creed was ultimately adopted as the doctrine of the church, and Arius was officially sentenced to exile. This rejection of Arius and solidifying of Christian doctrine was met with joy by most Christians as a true defense of the nature of Christ. Within five months, though, 
Athanasius's life would change dramatically. His oldest friend and mentor, Bishop Alexander, died, and Athanasius succeeded him as the new Bishop of Alexandria by unanimous election. He was officially consecrated as a bishop in the year 328 at around the age of 30. In the year 330, Arius's chief supporter, Eusebius, went to Emperor Constantine and convinced him to command Arius to let the Arians back into the church. Athanasius refused, but that didn't deter Eusebius. He wrote to Athanasius himself and tried to persuade him, but when that didn't work, he wrote to the priests of a small but growing sect in Egypt, the Meletians. They charged Athanasius with forcing people to pay tributes to his church, sending gold to heretics, treason against the emperor, and authorizing a deacon to destroy one of the Meletians' chalices that they had used at the altar. He was proven innocent on all counts, but again, really inconvenient. That wasn't the end of it, though. The next charge was that Athanasius personally killed one of the Meletian bishops. Our saint friend was ordered to go to the council at Caesarea, where Arius was presiding, but Athanasius knew what was going on and that the murdered bishop was really just in hiding, so he ignored it altogether. In 335, Emperor Constantine commanded Athanasius to go to the council of Tyre in modern-day Lebanon. The council was composed almost entirely of Arian heretics, and Athanasius knew what was coming. He was exiled to Trier in Germany, but kept in touch with the church in Alexandria by writing letters. Two and a half years later, in 338, he returned to Alexandria to find that Emperor Constantine and Arius himself had died. The empire was now divided between Constantine's three sons, Constantine II, Constantius, and Constance. I mean, the guy could have at least tried to be creative with naming his kids. Anyway, the Arian heretics were still around and weren't happy that Athanasius was as well, so it was time for another round of unfounded charges against him. This time, our saint friend was accused of sedition, promoting violent coups, and not giving people access to corn. I mean, seriously. Eusebius was able to get Athanasius deposed as bishop and elect a new Arian heretic, a Cappadocian named Gregory, in his place as the religious leader of Alexandria. A letter was written to Pope and future saint, despite getting caught up in this, Julius, asking him to condemn Athanasius. He agreed, based on Eusebius' arguments, that Athanasius should be called before a council. Athanasius was acquitted by the council in Rome, but couldn't return home to Alexandria until after the death of the heretic Gregory, who was occupying his episcopal seat. After eight years, in 345, Athanasius returned to people literally out in the street celebrating him coming home. Eight more years later, in 353, the Arians were back, with charges at the Council of Arles in France and again in Milan, Italy, in 335. The persecution against Athanasius eventually became physical. He was celebrating a vigil mass at a church in Alexandria when soldiers forced their way in and killed some of the congregation. Athanasius escaped to the desert where a group of monks he had long been friends with kept him safe for six more years. After the death of Constance in 361, he returned and the new emperor Julian removed all past sentences of exile that Constance had set in place. Unfortunately, Julian had planned to get rid of Christianity altogether and wanted to re-paganize the empire. So just a few months later, he exiled Athanasius again to the desert. Two years later, in 363, Julian died and Emperor Jovian brought Athanasius back, but he died eight months later and his successor, Emperor Valens, exiled any bishops who were previously exiled by Emperor Constans 
which of course included Athanasius. Four months later, Emperor Valens decided to revoke his own decree, and Athanasius returned to Alexandria for good this time. Just to help keep count of all of this, Athanasius was the Bishop of Alexandria for a total of almost 45 years, but spent a little over 17 of those years in exile five different times under orders from four different Roman emperors. Despite all of that, the final years of his life were peaceful. In 367, Athanasius followed the time-honored tradition of the bishops and wrote a letter on the Feast of the Epiphany to remind people of the date of Easter and other movable feasts, letters he wrote all 45 years of his episcopacy. His letter in 367, however, was special in that it is seen as a milestone in Christian doctrine. Athanasius's letter that year was the first time anyone had given a list of books for what would become the New Testament in exactly the order and number that they exist today. He also mentioned some Old Testament books that Christians should also read, including Esther, Wisdom, Sirach, Judith, Tobit, and the Didache. Though Athanasius's list is not considered to be the official driving force behind the formal acceptance of those books into the official list of biblical texts, it is acknowledged as the first official list. Athanasius died on May 2nd in the year 373. His body was eventually taken to Constantinople, then Venice, where it lays today, except for a relic given to the Coptic Church by Pope Paul VI in 1973. During his life, Athanasius became known as Athanasius Contramundum, Athanasius against the world in Latin. But when he took on the title of Doctor of the Church, he also gained titles like Father of Orthodoxy, Pillar of the Church, and Champion of Christ's Divinity. His feast day is celebrated each year on May 2nd. Thanks for joining me today as we've talked about the bishop who just couldn't seem to catch a break and was exiled unjustly five different times, St. Athanasius. Feel free to reach out to us by email at saintfriendspodcast at gmail.com or on Instagram at saintfriendspod. Of course, you can always find us at our website, saintfriends.com. As we wrap up, we ask for the prayers of our new saint friend. Athanasius faced trial after trial in his life but was given the grace to remain strong against what probably seemed like impossible odds at times. He lived his life completely in service to Christ and defended the faith for his flock, regardless of the personal cost. May his example remind us to remain steadfast in our own faith, even in the face of what seems to be extreme persecution. We say together, St. Athanasius, Bishop and Doctor of the Church, pray for us.